Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Traceback Podcast, where me and my friend Kevin sit down and bring you an interesting discussion from the worlds of engineering and technology. How are you today, Kevin? Pretty good. How are you? I'm a little apprehensive, Stellar. having never recorded a podcast before. Stellar. Fantastic <laughs> vocabulary that I don't use enough. A little apprehensive, because... We've never actually done a podcast yet, but we'll see what happens. It's the first yeah, one, we, and we're allowed just, to screw it up. We've only done public speaking, you know. <laughs> only, only that. This is a whole different level, you know. Speaking, I once spoke to like a hundred people about, and it was nothing compared to what we're doing right now. Just the the fear the and anxiety. Yes. <laughs> um, so today's episode, after much uh, silence and uh, moments, we uh, decided on the topic of yeah, and procrastination. That too, we decided on the topic of floppies and oh, technology. Old tech. And eventually flopped with um, new stuff, but um, yeah. So that's where we start. So I guess before we get into that, the just our background in general of why why are we doing this? Why did we decide it would be fun? And yeah, just give a little bit of backstory could be useful or important and give us a break we're new we <laughs> we've never done this so um we've been wanting to do this for at least a good couple months probably six seven plus um and then uh quarantine hit uh we have no idea when this will actually go live but it's early May right now, and the entire United States is on lockdown for the time being, so yeah, and having very little else to do, we decided we would just uh, start it, take the leap of faith, and, and do the thing, so yeah, I guess... My general background on why and just being a nerd and stuff largely stems from Lego Robotics. I was just in the library one day and I randomly saw a book on the shelf that was like a guide to Lego Mindstorms EV3. And I just said, this looks interesting, I'll check it out. And turns out, it's like, wow, this is cool. I kind of want to do this. I ended up joining a 4-H robotics club. And then when I met Kevin, that was basically the first thing we connected over. And he was in the same robotics club for a while. And just been getting progressively more and more nerdy over time about all kinds of stuff and we're here now 
so and Kevin has moved even farther into FRC and crazy enormous robots, which I wish I could do, but I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do now. <laughs> Except everything's canceled. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know you were you were pretty sore about the world championship getting canceled, whatever that big competition you guys were gonna be going to. Well, we didn't even know if you were gonna make it, but we did have another competition. Yeah, so I'm Kevin, and I write code, among other things, but mostly code, 99%, uh, little swing dance, and throw in some photography, and whatever my absent mind decided to do that day. <laughs> so, we are both yeah, very then I... weird people. <laughs> Right, so, and I'm graduating high school and on a FRC robotics team uh, doing remote stuff over video call. And now I do a podcast, which that concludes our um, intro section. So, um, interesting fact, uh, none of us really have experienced, uh, retro tech. Oh, wait, oh, wait, oops, that's copyrighted by MKBHD. Sorry, old tech, correction. Oh, dear, we're going to get sued. <laughs> we love you. So, yeah, none of us were around during that, but we all grew up with people that did um so nathan what's the oldest piece of tech that you used not necessarily that was current in your time but something that you got to decently play around with i would say um i remember we had a tower computer like a really sizable tower um, with a CRT monitor for a while. Um, my dad, I, this, this probably takes the cake, my dad for the longest time used a classic old Nokia candy bar phone that just refused to die, as Nokias are known for, and... Except my phone. He had to quit using it. <laughs> using it because the cell company, like, was upgrading the like behind the scenes like messaging protocols and stuff, and that those old phones wouldn't be compatible with it anymore. Um, so he finally got himself a smartphone, probably about five years ago maybe so that thing was pretty old we also have a vcr which i have no idea 
how old it is, but I actually watched a movie on VHS just a couple hours ago. Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you have the VHS. Is I that the VHS, yeah. is is that the version where it doesn't have the stupid alterations that they made? Um so the we have the like whatever the the special edition of the original trilogy um which do have the weird alterations um this is the prequels and as far as i'm aware there weren't and like there wasn't like an updated version for the prequels if there was we don't have it as far as i know it's the original um mm-hmm. that we watched and it was kind of funny seeing all the memes in there like oh yeah that's <laughs> the obi-wan kenobi visible confusion meme comes from like that's why i'm here and yeah. What's what's the yeah. oldest piece of tech you interact with? <laughs> the one that I touched has to be um Yeah, people are gonna be laughing at me because this isn't even that old. Windows XP Oh, yeah. Kevin oh, actually, no. No, no, no. That is actually... <laughs> oh, that's another story, yes. Because the... Um, I had the product key, but the servers to verify the key didn't exist anymore. So I just uh, went in some Windows settings in the registry, because you can do everything in the registry, including anything. That's why Windows has viruses. <laughs> And, yeah, may do without the key. Um, but, actually, it wasn't XP. That is not the oldest thing I've used. It was, it's DOS games. As a kid, I played hours and hours of ancient DOS games like Gold Rush, Burger Time, Commander Keen, all sorts of um, different kids, and just had a blast playing them. And was thoroughly... Oh, and Fuzzy Golf. I love Fuzzy Golf. It's space-themed mini-golf <laughs> with awesome music. Um, and was thoroughly convinced that that was the golden age of computers and gaming. <laughs> now we have, you know, like hyper-realistic ray tracing graphics and it's, it's, it's just not the same as the you know the pixels and arrow keys <laughs> <laughs> i am not much of a gamer myself but there is for some reason a like very special place in my heart for like old graphics and the original 8-bit um, Super Mario Bros. theme song, which um, Spotify plays for me every so often, and it just cracks me up. <laughs> do, you, do you prefer the old Wii or the Wii U? Like... Well, old, the old Wii, it, I think, is far better. I, I mean, know. I feel the like games? the Switch is, is like the Wii U, but actually good. 
Like, well, the Switch the, was cool because it's portable. The fact that the Wii is super old at this point, but it still works. Like, the the reliability is crazy. Um, I'm trying to Google. I mean, I personally love the old the old Wii. games. Like, the Mario Kart was way better. Like, and then they yeah. they tried to make it modern, but I think what they missed was Nintendo was really good at making. They made like retro style games, which were better left as that. Then it just felt like dumb. So the, and then they made Mario Kart Tour, which I was like, oh, this is cool. I can play Mario Kart on my phone. And again, I'm like, this is, it was so stupid. Don't install it. Don't waste your time. No matter how bored you get, <laughs> <laughs> just don't. <laughs> it's not Mario Kart. Fall down a YouTube <laughs> rabbit hole and learn something. Like, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> so the Wii came out. Um, on November 19th, 2006. So at this point, that console was almost 15 years old. And it still works. Wow. And people still... People still play it. Like... I'm not sure... I want to get, like, the old one. But I'm afraid to because it's so ancient. Perhaps, though, you know, if there's one for, like, 50 bucks, I might as well look, because if you can get a Wii for 50 bucks, I'm getting it with a CD that's not scratched. Um, wonderful. Yeah, uh, so interesting thing, uh, kids, if you're listening, you used to have to put a CD into your gaming console. You couldn't just download the game. Um, Back in my day... Yeah, it was a totally different day then. The original PlayStation came out in 1994. But I don't really hear people so, playing that still. I'm seeing... Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's going to cost like two to $300 to get a Wii. Because if you oh here's one that has only one controller for 144 so or one for I would say 55 that's probably not a bad thing. oh but the 55 dollar one is bid so apparently there's demand for these a 15 year old console that's worth more than a 15 year old desktop computer. This thing is worth more than a 15-year-old Mac. <laughs> I wonder if... It makes you wonder if the people at Nintendo expected this to, uh, to hold on to its value as well as it did. Because, I mean... And even, like, the Switch has like, been winning awards for, like, best game thing in some category. I don't follow this stuff en mm. enough to know. Um, but, like, 
while they're winning awards with their current one, the old one is still people still use it and it's still going. Um, I and I and mean people don't... still play on the NES as well. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't hear about the Wii anymore, and like everyone I know that has a Wii has the old one. Because I well, and the thing is, at that time when it came out, uh, in the olden days, it was all about the oohs and ahs of tech. <laughs> you know, like, oh wow, I can like have a controller and play baseball by moving my hand. Like that was amazing at the time and now it's like why would i want to do that when i can play minecraft on my xbox controller you know yeah, kids are so spoiled these days <laughs> you don't even have to move a muscle because uh video games have gotten more efficient i guess you could say under user input and i feel End like there's when, like if you compare the wii to the like the general feel of Wii games compared to like the Xbox slash PlayStation world, there it's the general spirit of Nintendo's games has always been like more lighthearted and cheerful than everything else. And it's just more fun. For some people like it. yeah. Like the how Mario, the whole premise of Mario makes zero sense at all, but everybody loves it. And like Mario is probably the most classic video game character there is. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's just their their focus was on just making fun games and nothing else. Um, where you compare the only thing that, that to, like, the other games and, like, I mean, compare, like, something like The Last of Us to uh, Mario. <laughs> like, it, it's just a totally different world when you go over to um, uh, the PC and co consoles. Yeah, like, the only thing... You know, Nintendo has been making games about Mario for time out of mind, and the only thing I can think of, like, from the other side of that fence, is, like, Xbox and Halo, and how Halo has just only been an Xbox thing, and it's, like, connected to Microsoft and to Xbox, but, like, in no way... Does it have, like, the same amount of, like, nostalgia connected to it as compared to Mario? Yeah, I don't think, like, there's too many people that can say Halo was part of their childhood memories. Um, or I think, and I guess maybe that's, we're in a different time of who they're probably marketing the Wii U to. Yeah. The people that use it probably never saw the original Wii. It was definitely possible. Also, the OG 
DS. That that's a that's a whole thing to get into as well. Maybe we'll talk about that in a different episode. But I I still I see people with those, and they still work too. And are there any like crazy. Wii emulators? I actually don't know. They're probably they probably are. Everything's it, got an emulator. I just don't want to see Mario Kart die. <laughs> the uh, original one. Alright, there's something called Dolphin Emulator um, that you can... It is a free and open source video game console emulator for the GameCube and Wii that runs on Windows, Linux, Mac OS, and Android. So, at this point, but it Mario have Kart should never die. So, what I'm hearing is, if we make a Wii controller clone, we can hook this up, and we can put it in a Raspberry Pi, and put it inside an old broken Wii case... And the experience if you were clever, can move on. You probably could fit a Pi Zero into a Wii remote. I don't know why you would want to do that, but it probably could be done. <laughs> oh, and then you could like cast the game to the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you know the you, you must have. Uh, CD one CD ROM drive. Oh you have yeah. to use it in the old way. And then yeah, because and half the laptops nowadays don't even have those. So did you ever yeah. use GoGo TV? Once at your house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that it was like another old thing that, that really never took off. I think it was underrated, honestly. But it probably didn't help that it was at the same time as the Xbox Connect, I think. Was it? I'm going to have to look. Um, but as I look, anyways, GoGo TV was basically, you, you had like old game cartridges. Oh, it's not even... Oh, found an article on it. Anyways, it had a camera... <laughs> that's, that's how and... badly it flopped. You can't even <laughs> right. Google it. And you would basically play the game by waving your hands or moving or whatever uh, to interact with the game, similar to the Xbox Connect system, except... It could only detect motion and basic... No, it couldn't even do object tracking. It could only detect motion. No, this Which, is... Compared to 
that isn't even yeah, an article. That's like a company that used their name. So, oh, I found it on Amazon. 54 <laughs> bucks. Um, yeah, if you want a game Link, console, that's a great that's Link will be in the, I'll put the link in the uh, podcast description, you know, if if you want it. It says one left in stock. <laughs> so, um. It's done for sure. Right, so you have you have game cartridges that you put in that work half the time, a little camera. It was really a fun thing, um, other than the fact that the games worked half the time. But um... yeah, I think the Connect um, mm-hmm. stole the show. <laughs> object tracking yeah then they discontinue that so the connect is now old tech oh yeah that's true which makes me sad because it was that was legit the connect i mean i don't know have you ever used the connect sensor a couple times not much mm-hmm. like i probably like three different occasions I mean, it was, it was fun. It would be pretty silly. But I, I don't have a lot of experience with it. Most of my video game experience is on a Wii at my cousin's house. And even then, not very much. <laughs> you have that Atari thing, though, right? Yes. Uh, a couple of years ago, for Father's Day, we got my dad... An Atari flashback, which is basically doesn't exactly count as a console, but it has like sixty like classic Atari games built into it. Um, and we at the time we had like a CRT a tube TV, but we had one of those for a long time, um, and it worked and it, it was great. And then we got a flat screen TV, and the, I I don't know how many inches, I think it might be like 42 inch or something, and it just looked really bad, like, because the pixels, like, the resolution's awful to begin with, but then just, like, on a screen twice as big as any screen that existed back when Atari was a thing, does not work so well. But it's a lot of fun. Not sure it counts as old tech, as it's more like an emulation of old tech, but still. Pretty fun. So, uh, should we move on to the tech news segment? Yeah, as we're wrapping things up here, uh, just sort of part of our closing section, uh, we each pick an article from tech news that we thought was interesting and just have a section to see what's going on, um, and I guess I picked this article before we even knew what the topic was, but it's, uh, it's actually about new tech, um, and if my thing will very slowly load, um, both of us to some extent, but me especially, I have a big interest in rapid fabrication, so 
3D printing, CNC, laser cutters, um, all that cool stuff. I do my best to keep on top of what's going on in the uh, world of, of those kinds of tools, and I actually will hopefully soon be finally buying my own 3D printer. Um, but so, Creality, which is a very well-loved um, company in the 3D printing community that makes lots of awesome uh, printers, has announced a new model, the CR6SE, which will launch um, next week, so mid-May, on Kickstarter. And the... Or what's special about this one, or more unusual, so it has completely silent operation because it has the nice uh, trinamic stepper drivers. If you have never spent time around a 3D printer, most of them are extremely loud and there's lots of buzzing from the motors, but this one will become stock with uh, more expensive circuit boards to drive them that are completely silent. Um, and then it'll come with a glass plate, which is nice. Um, but one of the more interesting things is it's it claims to have a leveling-free um, calibration thing, and then it's going to have a photoelectric sensor on the hot end um, that it can use to do bed leveling, so you will not have to painstakingly adjust tiny knobs um, and level your bed out, um, and instead it'll just be able to measure um, the angle that the bed is at, and... So if you're on the Leaning Tower of Pizza, you can print? Yes. Without further adjustment? You don't need to make sure that the bed is perfectly aligned to the plane on which, like, your the frame that the printer is, because it'll just know and keep itself uh, in the right position. And then also it has special, like, tensioner knobs for the belts that move everything, which is nice because usually that's a nut that you have to turn with a wrench or a pair of pliers or something. It's kind of annoying, especially since it's a really important thing that needs to be dialed in just right in order for it to function. So hopefully stuff like that, it'll just make it a very easy printer to use, um, which hopefully will get uh, more people into 3D printing as a hobby, um, and the more people know about this stuff, the better, in my opinion, because it's super cool. So yeah, I'm interested to see where that goes. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll own one sometime. We'll see. Um, and it looked, it looked like a really polished printer. That's something Creality is good at in general, that their inexpensive 
machines, but they're good. Like, you can trust them to always uh, punch way above their price point. So, and especially in, like, 3D printing, which is, I guess, just has a bad rap for being expensive. Um, If they're making inexpensive stuff that works great, that's awesome. So, so everything Apple should have been. Basically, yeah. <laughs> it's a pull. <laughs> if Apple made 3D printers, reality is the complete opposite of that. <laughs> because uh, we have the one hand where you have the Prusa printers that are amazing, but they like are not very polished. If you just look at them, I mean, they're made out of 3D printed parts. And then you have the other hand, the MakerBot, where it's like super polished and as useless as an iPod Touch. Just <laughs> two and a half times as much. And then we have this uh, new printer. Uh, what's its name again? The CR6SE. Yes, the CR6SE. Not to be confused with the iPhone SE, but well, that's a whole other episode. As polished right as it, <laughs> but it sounds like it's as polished as the iPhone and as capable as Linux. Everything Apple should should be right now, basically. But yeah. Meanwhile, I record all of this on Apple products. <laughs> Yes, Kev minus the microphone. Kevin is using a very creative recording setup where he has his. We are talking on Google Duo over his phone, and then he's recording from a lav mic into an iPod Touch, the old iPod Touch, fourth gen. Yes, again, old tech. <laughs> <laughs> it still works. Um, which that brings me to my article, which is a new Raspberry Pi attachment. These do not happen every day. It is the all new Raspberry Pi high quality camera. Which is what is the new Raspberry Pi high quality camera? It is not the old camera. Okay, this thing is like looks like you took a DSLR and slapped it on a PCB board. <laughs> that's honestly so what I thought happened when I saw the picture. Like, is this, is this some kind of adapter? And then I like, got a sense for the scale it, of the whole thing. Like, oh, okay. This makes sense now. It, yeah, so it's actually not a DSLR, though, or anywhere close, um, it, because the lenses it supports are way smaller. Um, it supports, according to the website, uh, C and CS mount lenses. It has a focus adjustment ring. Um, so I'm taking that that you can't automatically focus and the, the camera digitally. I'm not sure. Anyways, it appears that it has a manual focus ring. Maybe they assume you're going to hook up your own stepper motor to that. I was going to say, it's um, not hard at all to do that. And 12.3 megapixel 
image sensor that they said was actually meant for video cameras not it's it's not a ancient horrible phone image sensor like the old one it, they even give me the pixel dimensions 1.55 micrometers by 1.55 micrometers so i don't know what that means but that's a tiny pixel <laughs> just a fun fact and it's 50 bucks so what does this mean it means that um you can take good pictures on your raspberry pi i guess and a lot of people can you think of any uses on why you would actually want this there are a lot of people who <laughs> use this kind of setup for taking time lapses um and like back to 3d printing there is a Raspberry Pi based um, software called Octoprint, which is designed like to remotely manage your 3D printers. So a lot of most printers will have like an SD card slot on them, and you can just load a G code file right there. But not all do, and some need to be tethered to a computer in order to run at all. So then um, you could plug one of those into Octoprint and then control it remotely, and then. Octoprint has a plugin where you can set up a camera such as the Raspberry Pi camera or this new um, higher quality one to take a picture every layer and then you get a cool time lapse of the uh, hmm. model building itself up and it looks really cool. And then of course if you have like a raccoon problem and you're trying to figure out what's going on motion activated camera could be helpful just hack it together by yourself um so oh it actually just occurred to me yeah like the thing is only fifty dollars and the older camera isn't cheap either so no you're not gonna buy this to take wedding photos <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about but the Raspberry Pi it, is all of the accessories cost like at least half again as much as the Raspberry Pi itself. Like I could buy ten Pi Zeros right. by the camera, which really goes to show. I mean, the accessories are extremely unlike, well priced. The Raspberry Pi is just dirt cheap and impossible to get your hands on. Un unlike, unlike GoPro, where a single accessory will cost you fifty dollars to get a basic anything <laughs> or red that charges you know astronomical amounts of money for hard drives right that fail <laughs> but this really seems like uh i was just thinking like you could set up a you could put a macro lens on this thing and it could watch your um snake pet i guess on live stream and i don't know but um you'll have to figure out what you do with this thing but you can now get a pretty decent camera for the raspberry pi which i think is cool you probably use it to get some really cool like time lapses of plants growing or something like that which i look at the, i look mm -hmm. i see those and like this is so cool but i just don't have the patience <laughs> to uh except you can already do that with most cameras yeah 
Uh, and I just including your phone. I just scrolled down. Um, there's a heading. Which Raspberry Pi models support the high quality camera? The high quality camera is compa- all of them. compatible with almost all Raspberry Pi models from the original Pi, uh, Mo- Pi One Model B onward. Some very early Raspberry Pi Zero boards from the start of 2016 lack a camera connector. Um, I have that one. Yeah, Kevin and I both have Pi <laughs> Zeros, but his is from the first batch. I and have mine is the, from the original. <laughs> mine is faster and it has but a camera. I have the ori- but I have the original, original one. Uh, pros and cons. <laughs> I mean, if you're a collector, then you have the, the more valuable one at this point, since there's far fewer of them. But, right. Like, mine's way more useful. <laughs> and I still haven't put it into a project yet. I just boot it up as a Linux machine every so often. And it does that well. They're showing here they put a... Uh, you can actually get a converter to put, like, DSOR lenses on it, and they have a multi-thousand dollar lens system on this Raspberry Pi camera. I feel like there's like some photographer so, out there who's going to do like get their hands on one of these and then make prob- what probably would end up being a really interesting uh, YouTube video or something of like using the same lens on like a camera camera and the high camera like how close can you get, and like, what are the strengths and weaknesses of this little module in particular? I would watch that. Definitely, pretty fascinating. When if you already have, if you already have the lens, I mean, <laughs> why not? And of course, the camera module V two it says will still be available because you don't always I, need that. Do they discontinue anything ever? I I'm not sure. Like. You can still... Okay, I don't think you can get the original Pi, can you? Probably not. I have Let's one, though. See. If you need one, I have one of the ones with the 2x13 GPIO thing, and it's almost completely useless. Oh, those things where you can't use any hats. <laughs> yeah. Unless you have an old hat, then... Um... Do-do-do... So, the oldest one you can get is Raspberry Pi 1, available in the A and B uh, variant. Um, I don't know which one I have. So, oh, no, excuse me, A plus and B plus variant. Yeah, so I that's not the original one though because that still two by twenty looks like wait a minute okay it is a really early one but the really really early ones which you have is like even more funky like the ports are just so randomly placed that it honestly looks like a prototype more than anything which I think it was yeah I'm scrolling down the like the products page on the Raspberry Pi website and like there's got the 
different camera modules. There's the regular one, the high quality one. There's also an infrared camera module, which is cool. Um, there you go. Interesting thing about the infrared module is the same as the other one. They just removed the infrared filter. In theory, you could do that yourself. Maybe. Or you could just buy it. I probably would rather do that. Uh, fun fact, if you, right, if you get a TV remote that uh, emits infrared, and if you shine that at your camera and hold down the button and take a picture or a video, you can see the uh, light very, very dimly because some infrared still makes it past that filter. Hmm. So, that's a fun little thing you can do at home. Science experiment, I guess you could call it. I've never tried that. Everything's science. I'll have to, to go <laughs> take pictures of a TV remote. <laughs> People will think I'm crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, gotta love the red. Some might think it's bad for your camera. Eh, I mean... A filter's probably on there for a reason. I don't know that much about cameras. It's be it's because you don't want to see infrared. Yeah. You know, um, do you really want people to see in your wedding photos that you are really hot underneath that uh, thick suit? <laughs> or, burning up. Uh, wedding dress. <laughs> And I don't mean the uh, pretty kind. I mean like the <laughs> drenched in sweat kind. <laughs> You're like outside in a entire like all black suit. Just and melting. then you you show up on the camera as red. <laughs> okay, it actually doesn't work like that. It would not pick that. No, it probably would on an infrared camera. <laughs> It'd be interesting You're if right, you had you a, would. a infrared camera and a regular one, and you could kind of composite those together, so you can still see the image, but it'll it would like highlight areas mm -hmm. of a particular temperature, which probably could be really useful in certain circumstances, like if you're trying to like do insulation on somewhere, you need to see where the heat is escaping, and you can see small details that way. What I want to do is get the HoloLens, and... <laughs> Kevin loves the HoloLens. Um, you know where this is going? Yes, I do. And get the an infrared camera, and give myself infrared vision reality. overlaid onto the real world. And maybe add some ultraviolet... Maybe some gamma rays, so if I'm doing, like, radiation type of work. <laughs> what if you have a, Might be a gamma useful. ray overlay, and then you're just, <laughs> you're just minding your own business, and then you see gamma rays coming from somewhere that they, like, shouldn't, like, just some random thing in your house is just emitting gamma rays. <laughs> How long has this been going on? <laughs> you, you go in your basement, and it's just all full of pur dark purple because that's the closest thing to gamma rays because you got radon in there and <laughs> yeah not <really. laughs> like 
you go to the dentist wearing it and <laughs> they got the <laughs> the x-rays i also thought about what how weird it would be if you could like see like wi-fi signals or radio signals and stuff like that i mean there's like the frequencies that are at, they're at and the way they just like kind of spread out everywhere probably just end up being like very bright it would be kind of funny if you could like see the waves just like who's like downloading a giant file and just see like the air around somebody's phone just wiggling really fast (laughs) what are you doing stop sucking on the bandwidth the need the need for encryption would take on a whole new meaning Oh yeah, you better believe there's the hackers who just like take a video of the air and like reverse engineer it and then they know your password or something. That's uh Yeah, that would get frustrating real fast. <laughs> that that would be so strange. Except you can only already do that with um you can intercept a signal. Yeah, that I know Kevin's kind of a cybersecurity nut, and I don't know enough about this as I should. So I'll we can put that on our list of episode topics to do, um, to talk about cybersecurity sometime because that's probably and, interesting. And now we move on to the segment where we talk about our VPN sponsor. Just kidding. <laughs> Joking. We, are, we would <laughs> rather not uh, be bothering you guys all the time with ads. Um, at some point we might set up a Patreon page or something, um, but at least for the time being, we aren't going to bother doing this because, at least for now, this is something we're doing for fun, um, and as long as we're having fun doing this, it's great and we're not really spending anything on hosting because there's a super cool hosting service called Red Circle, which having only just now recorded a podcast, we haven't actually done all that much with, but so far they're shaping up to be really great. Um, But yeah, so all we'll do is plug our Instagram, which is at TraceBackPodcast, and there's a Twitter. I don't know what the Twitter handle is. <laughs> Are we even going to use the Twitter? I don't know. I'm not going to. You can use it if you want. I mean, like, I just heard of more craziness that happened on it. Um, yes, yeah, stay. You know, you can read the news, see Twitter, the dumb actually, stuff that. Because someday, <laughs> when we'll be in the middle of our career, and then. Someone will find one of our Twitter something, and then oh, this guy, this guy's had a terrible podcast way back in the day. Can't hire them. But yeah, we like Instagram because there's all kinds of interactions okay. that we can do with the stories. So yeah, no Twitter. And and no one gets in trouble on Instagram. <laughs> Nobody. Well, let's not be the first. I mean, not that I've actually heard of. Yeah, you hear about. I haven't heard of any Twitter. Famous people shouldn't be allowed to have Twitter. Um, but no. Instagram. Yeah. If if I were to run a company, the only rule would be 
and do it twice. Don't, don't mention Other us. Other than that, I don't care what they do. <laughs> Just you have this. Oh yeah, don't mention the company. Don't don't be like uh, Elon Musk who just mentioned that he thought Tesla stocks were too high, <laughs> <laughs> and they dropped. I mean, it's not all bad because I don't know if any of the um, any of our listeners are PewDiePie fans. I know Kevin's not, but right now there's Mm-mm. apparently. He needed to get a new desk, and it hasn't arrived at his house yet, so he's just sitting on the floor recording his videos. Um, just sitting on the floor with his computer, which is not the optimal setup, um, but there's this, in the in the fan base, there's this floor gang meme going around, and then a, apparently like four years ago, Elon tweeted, I love floors, and I don't know what the context of this was, but... That um, somebody posted on PewDiePie's Reddit, like Elon Musk is floor gang. It's been confirmed. So, yes, your old tweets surfacing. It's not always going to be bad. Now all of PewDiePie's fan base loves Elon because <laughs> floor gang. But I digress. <laughs> And in the future, at this point, we... We've gone on... For quite a while, yeah. In the future, we'll probably have a little segment... A lot of tangents. We, we love tangents. There'll be more, don't worry. Um, in the future, we'll probably have a little Q&A section here. We might um, put, like, a question out on Instagram that you guys can respond to. But at this point, we don't have any followers yet. We don't... There's, we don't have, nobody's listening except Kevin when he edits this, and <laughs> it's, um... We could share it to some friends. Yeah, we're probably gonna record a couple more episodes before we launch for real. Hopefully that that's coming soon. We'll see what happens, but, um, yeah. And forgive us for this being not the best. Um, it's gonna be really painful to listen to this back probably but yeah and i still have to write intro outro music for us because i'm the most musically capable i play a little bit of guitar (laughs) but yeah we'll see what happens Uh, if you're still listening here at the end thank you um once again instagram is where we'll be interacting with all you guys um, at Traceback Podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you in the next one. We have no idea when this will be, but by the time you're listening to this, it'll be four or five. So, we'll probably be uploading every two weeks after that. So, so, yep. And that concludes our first episode. <laughs>